Hey, parents, Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me, our basketball expert, Joe Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. Andrea, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? On today's episode, we bring you the recap of rounds eight of the, the EuroLeague, the first hand of this doubleheader week. It was a week with uh, several high-level games and uh, some some small surprises here and there and mostly confirmations of the high level of the competitiveness that exists on the, the EuroLeague. If you guys are following us and uh, tune in for our previews, you already knew what we were expecting from the two hands of this doubleheader. So let's see what happened and let's go game by game of this uh, round eight. On the next episode, we will bring you the recap of round nine. And um, if you guys want to help us to continue to to grow and to continue to bring you guys this uh, this podcast for free, that's uh, our goal to to keep it uh, totally free with uh, good recaps and previews of both EuroLeague and the FIBA competitions. Just share it with other people that uh, like the the EuroLeague, like the the FIBA basketball and will want to tag along and follow along. That's the way for the podcast to continue to grow and for us to be able to to keep it up in the format that we have. We appreciate all the feedback that we have been receiving. Yeah, since we have been getting so many questions from you guys, we will start not on the these recaps because this will be long episodes with so many games to recap, but we will start answering one of your questions at the end of the of each episode. That will be something new that we'll start doing. Some of you have asked about uh, uh, game gambling tips and I do have a background on that. So maybe we will start having some short episodes uh, before the the start of the games with some uh, just shaking of the market. There won't be as much gambling tips, but leans and looking into where are the the value plays for each day of the, the competition of the EuroLeague. So stay tuned. Make sure you you are following us on Twitter at E20League. Subscribe to the podcast and mostly share it with friends and other people that are interested in the EuroLeague and will like to listen to our podcast. Let's waste no more time and let's start with the game between Monaco and Ephes. This was a game where Ephes was able to conquer a very important win on the road against Monaco. We had previewed this as being a very hard game for Ephes against a Monaco team that was in a, a very good momentum. John Brown was the best statistical uh, player for Monaco, while Shane Larkin 
was both the MVP and the top scorer of this game with 25 points. Duke, what were the keys for this extremely important uh, win for FS? Well, first of all, uh, I thought this might have been the best game that I've seen from FS uh, this season and, and the last season combined. Uh, I thought they played uh, an amazing game overall. They shot the three with more volume, which is something we've been asking for. They moved the ball very well, which is also something we've been asking for. And the guards thrived in, in that style. I mean, Will Clyburn didn't have a great game because it really wasn't necessary because they tried to push the pace, they tried to play a bit faster, and the guards were perfect, like Shane Larkin, Bobois, um, Darius Thompson, they all played amazing games. And Will, he got on the boards, he, he had some assists, so he did his job while the other guys had a hot hand. So I, I really enjoyed the way Efesh played on this, on this game. They, they just tried to do the stuff we've been talking about that, that we would like them to do, like pushing the pace, shoot more threes. So uh, that was very pleasant for me to, to see. Um, then Monaco, uh, they shot the ball very poorly, uh, but their ability to get to the free throw line is what kept them in the game. Uh, but FS was just so good on that night, and, and then Monaco wasn't able to get the comeback. So this is a great win for FS. Uh, I hope they keep playing like this, because obviously beating a team like Monaco on the road, it, this is a, a, proven, uh, a proven style of play now. Uh, with them winning this game, so hopefully they continue to play like this. Well, it was indeed a very important win for FS, and most, more than that, they showed improvements and they gave steps on the right direction in the way that they play. They ended this game with only seven turnovers, and if they are able to play a, a better brand of basketball that we believe suits their roster and their players better, and at the same time take good care of the, the ball, that will certainly be a recipe for them to be able to to compete and to win high-level matchups as this one against Monaco was. And this is a show that FS is a team that uh, talent-wise they do belong in the playoff uh, conversation. And let's see what uh, they will be able to show the rest of the way. Let's move into another game and another, not a surprise because we know how competitive this game would be, but um, we also had a lean and expected Maccabi to be the um, to be seen as a, a slight favorite heading into this matchup against Olympiacos. And yeah, Olympiacos we... was able on the road to go and to win 79-74. What made what gave Olympiacos the, the, the edge on this matchup? Well, first of all, in, in fairness to us, we when we recorded that episode, uh, Wade Baldwin was not supposed to be out. So that's why we leaned Maccabi. Um, but uh, I mean, of course, with him not playing, it was a, a toss-up because both teams are very competitive. And with Wade out, Olympiacos took advantage of that and, and focused their whole defense on Lorenzo Brown. And they were able to, I'm not going to say take him out of the game, but they didn't let him control everything. And obviously, Maccabi is a much different team when Lorenzo is not taking over the game. So that's halfway towards beating Maccabi. And uh, Olympiacos did a great job on that. Obviously, Thomas Wolga, one of the best guard defenders in, in EuroLeague. And then Alec Peters just keeps being Olympiacos' best player while everybody else is giving their contributions at a very good level. So I think this was a very important win for Maca for Olympiacos, sorry, um, because it was on a road uh, against a team that's about on the same level as they are, uh, both teams fighting for, for the playoffs. So I think this is a very important win for Olympiacos, and I think they did a very good job. Yeah, they came into the game playing at a very high level. They scored 27, 24 points in the first two quarters of the game. At halftime, they had a 15-point lead, 51-36, to, to 36, and despite a reaction from Maccabi on the second half, it wasn't enough. 
And what's impressive was uh, how Olympiacos was able to, to win this game. It was through, through three-point efficiency. The Maccabi shot six of, out of 30, 20% from the behind the three-point line, while uh, Olympiacos shot seven out of 22. And they were just able to, in that way, and out-rebounding Maccabi to, to dominate the game, where Maccabi was still able to take very good care of the ball with only seven turnovers, but that wasn't enough. Olympiacos was just a more efficient team. They were able to, to find their shots and better shots in the end of and in the end, after a very strong start, they were able to secure this very important win. That uh, like Efes, these were very important matchups for these two teams. And uh, just like the uh, Efes, the Olympiacos is showing that it's a team that deserves to be in the playoff conversation in the and they certainly will be in the playoff mix. And heading forward, let's see what these two teams are able to do. Let's go into the third game of round eight, the game between Virtus and Milano, the Italian derby, where Virtus was able to conquer the, the victory and uh, reinforce their position as the, the best Italian team on uh, this edition of the League. Are they indeed the best uh, Italian team of this edition of the League, or do you expect that to change? Well, I expect Milan to get better, don't, don't get me wrong, but I do think Virtus, they have shown that they they are a better, more consistent team, and I believe they have better weapons to to be that that team in the long run, unless, of course, Milano adds somebody to their roster, uh, because I think if you look at this matchup, and it was a great game, by the way, with elite shooting and very competitive, but Virtus was able to move the ball and to create turnovers, and that gave them the edge, because Outside of them just having more contributors throughout the game, they they made it they make it very unpredictable for for their opponent because they always have different guys stepping up around one constant, which is Toko Shengelde. and I think that's very important when you have that lead guy always surrounded by different guys stepping up and having good games here and there. And for Milano, it's the same thing so far. Like it's basically they they stay too dependent on two players. And it's going to be very hard for them to win that way, especially when you play against a team that has so many different options contributing on every level. So, And a team that moves the ball that well and shoots the ball that well, it's going to be very hard for Milan to beat them. So I thought this was, again, a great win for Virtus, of course, on a rivalry. So Milano definitely needs some changes. And uh, the time keeps passing and they still haven't made it. <laughs> so they, they better hurry up because they are getting too far behind. Yeah, while Messina got some backlash with his comments regarding Kevin Pangos, he really doesn't seem to be the conductor for this uh, this uh, Milano team. Milano ended this game with almost uh, twice the turnovers from Virtus, and uh, that was one of the aspects of the game where Virtus was able to just dominate and to smash Milano. And despite I believing, and I said that in the preview, that Milano has the superior individual talents, this Virtus team is an extremely competitive team that plays a great brand of basketball and they will take advantage of these matchups if they are allowed to do that. And Milano is not having the, the players to put their superior talent in the position of succeeding. And until they fix that, it will be very hard for them to be able to beat a team that is playing as well as Virtus is playing and continues to play. Next game, we had uh, we head to Spain for a co- very competitive game between Valencia and Real Madrid. Was this the toughest challenge for Real Madrid so far? Well, I mean, they had a pretty... Honestly, the Spanish teams have been giving them uh, a lot of trouble. I mean, 
they they had a very hard game against Basconia and they beat Barcelona by one point. Uh, I think they beat Barcelona by one, Basconia by two, and now Valencia by three. So <laughs> it's very close up there in Spain. Um, but we talked about uh, how Chris Jones would have been uh, the X factor here. Like, would he play? Would he not play? Because we said if he didn't play, it was going to be very hard for Valencia to be competitive. But if he did play, they they have a chance, and that's what happened. You he played, and you felt his impact right away because Valencia was able to again play great defense and, and stay competitive against this Real Madrid super team. But uh, in the end, I mean, the three point shooting difference was, was just too much, and Real was able to come out victorious. But I think Valencia did a great job, though. Like they're always competitive. They gave Real Madrid a, a real fight. It was a very good game, a defensive game too, which we know Valencia. It's kind of been their their main characteristic this season. So, and but for Real Madrid to be able to get away with of the get out of Valencia with a win uh, was very important for them because they, now they stay undefeated, and this was a great win. Valencia has proven to be a very hard team when they're at full strength. So it's a good win for Real Madrid, even though of course they were the favorites. But uh, it was not an easy game at all, and they they still came out on top. Yeah, absolutely. Like for Real Madrid to be to be able to conquer this win is very important for them to keep their status as the the, the favorite, and they are undefeated so far in this edition of the Euro League. If anyone had questions about the ability of Valencia to play defense and the they being able to to keep it up, this seventy six points allowed to to Real Madrid and such a powerful team as Real Madrid, it's a proof of that. They just weren't able to keep it up offensively and Real Madrid changes at halftime. Were the difference maker on this game. Uh, Valencia went into halftime with 49 points scored, but uh, Real allowed only 24 second half points for Valencia. And uh, they weren't able to keep up their offensive production. And with that, Real Madrid was able to turn the game around and to conquer this uh, this important win for, for them to just keep their status as undefeated. I believe that this Real Madrid should be seen as the favorites to win the regular season. They are also the favorites to, well, one of the favorites to be in the final four and probably should be seen as the favorites to win it all. But uh, once we get to that stage of the competition, we know that things change and the surprises can always happen. But uh, so far, so good. And Real Madrid has been truly impressive and dominant. Another dominant win, and oh, this time around a dominant win, but uh, another dominant performance was by Red Star in a surprising 31-point victory over Fenerbahce. Uh, not what we were expecting, even if Real Madrid, obviously, well, even if Red Star obviously had the chance to win this game. Milo Teodosic was once again brilliant. He was the MVP of the game. He was the, the scoring leader of this game with 18 points. And uh, you, how surprised were you with this final score? Well, if I just looked at the score, I would have been very surprised. But watching the game, I just realized like Red Star just dominated everything. Like they dominated the boards. They they were very disciplined defensively. They they were able to guard without fouling, and they shot the ball very well from deep. And Fenerbahce never had a chance, honestly. I mean, with all the injuries they have, they they were not able to have other guys stepping up, and they were just destroyed. I mean, it was a very bad showing for Itudis group. But we know Red Star at home. They, if they start the game making shots, they're going to be very tough to beat because all that energy, all the crowd, they, they get so motivated and they play at such a high level that it's always hard to beat them. But uh, obviously, I mean, a 30-point difference is not what... I don't think anybody expected that because that's not the level... That's not the difference level of these two teams. 
But uh, I mean, Fenerbahce with all those injuries, they they really needed somebody to step up. And even the main guys that did play, they didn't do a good job. So this was a great win for Red Star. They, they had an amazing performance on both sides of the court, and they clearly deserved this win. A wounded Fenerbahce heading into this game. They were they weren't able to score more than 16 points in any quarter of this game. Red Star were just dominant, shooting almost 50% from three. They were able, like you said, to control all the aspects of the game, and this was just a truly dominant and uh, a great home win for Red Star that continues to improve and to show better signs. And it's always pleasant and interesting to watch when there are coaching changes, there are improvements, and uh, the coach that was ahead of Red Star is also helping another team to improve. It just shows the high level of these coaches and how good they are. Sometimes it's about fit and uh, just a change of scenario that uh, can bring good things for these teams. And another coaching change was with Asrol that conquered the win against Alba, 68-73. to Pose got a... He had an eventful week in the in the EuroLeague, but he really changed the way that this Asrol team is playing, didn't he? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you have a coach like him, that's just a guy who brings energy every single time he's on the sideline. I mean, it, it kind of changes uh, the culture and, and the um, the approach that, that 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 team has towards the game. So I think this coaching change was very important for Oswell. And uh, about this game, I mean, contrary to what we believed, it, it was a very low-scoring game, um, which we did not expect for, for these <laughs> two teams. But uh, they were very inefficient and, and very sloppy and careless with the ball. So it, it was a very ugly game with a lot of turnovers, a lot of bad shots. But Asvel being the more experienced team between the two, with guys like Nando Ducolo and Paris Lee, they, they were able to close it out on the road. It, it was 100% a, a game of runs because Asvel started the game very well in the first quarter. Then Alba took over in the second and third. And then Asvel was able to, on the road in that fourth quarter, to, to get the lead back and to keep it uh, until the end. So it's a very good win for Asvel. For one of the surprises of this Sassel team, not a surprise, we knew how high level of a player he is, but Paris Lee is having a great season for Azel. He's one of the key players for, for this team. He's a top three player in assists per game and a top two player in steals per game. And his ability to do it on both sides of the court has been one of the key components for the way that this Asphalt team is playing. And then it's just about putting all the players in the positions for them to succeed, to be able to do what they do best. They have talent, they have talented players, and uh, Coach Pose is just being able to, to squeeze as much as possible from them. And uh, this was a, a very good win for uh, for this uh, Asphalt team. They dominated the first half, then Alba was able to answer with the 20-10 third quarter. But Asphalt was able to punch back and conquer this uh, this important win for them to to start dreaming with uh, eventually with uh, the ability to to reach the play-ins. Another game that we expected to be competitive and we expected to be very important for these teams was the game between Paratinaikos and Jalgiris. Paratinaikos at home was able to conquer the seventy-three to seventy-one win, and again, no surprises for whoever is following us and listening to us. Mitoglou was the, the most important player for this Paratinaikos team. He was the game MVP and the top scorer of the game. Mitoglou is a has a real argument to be seen as the the best player of this Paratinakos team, doesn't he? Oh, for sure. I mean, ever since he came back, he's been the best player consistently for this Paratinakos team. Um, I think they did a great job fitting him and then everybody uh, getting to the free throw line and creating foul troubles for Zagiris. Uh, I think that was very important. 
Zagreus did a very good job shooting the ball, but the amount of turnovers was just too big. Uh, they did fight, though, until the end. It was a very competitive game, and in the end, talent won. I mean, we, we always lean towards talent in these Euroleague matchups, and I think Panathinaik was just a better team overall um, with more options and more guys to step up. And then when you have a guy like Mitoglu playing at the level he is, obviously that's very important, and that counts a lot to a competitive game like this. So it was a very good win by Panathinaik. They seem to be on the right track now, so I thought this game was very, very important. Panathinaikos needed Mitoglu to play 38 minutes on this game. We are seeing they rely on heavy minutes from their top players. Grigonis has been also a player that uh, is contributing a lot. And we spoke so many times about the small forward position. He seems to have that position lock and loaded and he's being able to, to just play at a very high level. And one of the matchups that we had spoken as being a very important one was the one between Roland Schmitz and uh, Mitoglu. And Roland Schmitz was able to have a very good game. He was perfect from behind the arc shooting 404, but um, like you said, they fought back. This is a team, Jalgiris is a team that always will fight to, to stay in the games and to, to be highly competitive, but talent did won and Paratakos is the more talented team between these two and uh, they were able to conquer this very important home win for their play-in and play-off aspirations. We spoke about the game between Red Star and Fenerbahce and I ask if you were surprised were you more surprised by that game or by Basconia beating Barcelona at home by 23 points 94 to 71 yeah uh, uh, if Basconia just won on a close game I, I I wouldn't be shocked but to blow Barcelona out like this like that, that certainly surprised me the most I, I mean this was a great performance by Basconia they were elite shooting from all three levels and they played very good defense against an offensive machine like Barcelona is. Uh, they did not allow Jabari Parker and Willie Aaron Gomez to have an impact on the game. And it, it gets hard for Barcelona when it's like that. Uh, Marcus Howard and Moneke have been playing at a very high level. And then Seder Kersky, he, he never fails them with his effort and his hustle on the boards. He had 12 rebounds on this game against a much bigger team in Barcelona. So just a great game by Basconia. Um Coach uh, Ivanovic impact seems to be having a, a full effect on this team. They've been playing much better defense the last few games, and this was a proof of that. I mean, holding Barcelona to 71 points, and I think they had 29 at the half. So an elite performance by Basconia on both sides of the floor. We spoke about Cody Miller-McIntyre being uh, the Darius Thompson replacement and someone that had the ability to do that. And I think he's doing it just perfectly. He ended this game with 20 points, 4 rebounds and 7 assists. Marcus Howard, we know he has the ability to go on hot streaks. And with this 26-point game, he was certainly in one of those. And the rebounding was one of the aspects of the game that impressed me the most. The most. Basconia ended the game with 40 rebounds, out-rebounded Barcelona. And they are just doing it with energy, with players like Sadakerskis, with Moneke. We also saw some, um, during the this week, some uh, three-guard lineups be- from this Pasconi team. And uh, like you said, the coach Ivanovic, if I should be, it seems to be in full display and uh, they are playing at a very good level. The defensive improvement is, is key for them. We know that they have the ability to do it offensively. The new players that they brought in are adjusted and playing at a very high level and mainly I'm looking at Cody Miller-McIntyre and Chima Moneke those two are really playing it at a very very good level 
Tadej Sedekarski is after a slower season last year. He is showing to be the player that we thought that he could be. And even in the beginning of the, the previous season, he's playing also at a very good level. And this is just a team that can be highly competitive if they are able to have that defensive consistency. And coach Dusko Ivanovic seems to be able to, to add that and to bring that to, to this Basconi team. And keeping Barcelona to only 71 points and scoring 94 against Barcelona. It was a truly, truly impressive win for Basconi. And uh, another impressive win and another important win, even if this one, I believe you will agree with me, that is less surprising was the Bayern Munich 94, uh, Partizan 85, uh, 85, yes. It's a game where we did give some favoritism to, to Partizan, or at least I gave them some favoritism, but uh, we knew, we know that uh, Bayern has the ability to be very competitive, and especially when the, their guards are in a good day, and Carson Edwards comes out of this game as the, the game MVP, as the game top scorer with 21 points. For Partizan, we had a very good performance by Bruno Caboclo, but we need other players to take over for Partizan. And we cannot expect to be the new guy to, to be able to do it and for them to, to get wins against very competitive teams as Bayern is. What were for you the key factors for Bayern to be able to pull out this win? Well, one of the most curious aspects of this game was like that Lusic didn't play, Bonga didn't play, and the other one was Andreas Obst, who didn't play. And I've been complaining about Bayern struggling to shoot the three. And on the game where their best shooter doesn't play, they were impressive shooting the three. <laughs> like they, they were very efficient and they hit a lot of threes. And obviously that was very important for them to get this win. Uh, I thought the guards were elite scoring the ball. Like you said, Carson Edwards was the best player. And a uh, partisan couldn't hang with them. So... Uh, like you said, Caboclo was the best player for Partizan and he just got there. He's the new guy. So the rest of the guys, they, they need to step up and they just need to figure it out because they're not as far uh, as Milano in the standings, but uh, they've been struggling too to start the season. So I think they need to be a lot better. They have the talent for that. So uh, I think they need to be a lot better. Uh, Bayern outshot them from three by a wide margin and then just they just dominated them on the boards. So it was going to be very hard for Partizan to win this game, just not being able to compete as far as three-point shooting and then just getting dominated on the board. So it's a great win for Bayern, for sure, because they beat a team that's supposed to be better than them. And uh, I think this was very important. Very well. This takes us to the end of the recap of the first hand of this doubleheader week of the EuroLeague. Tomorrow we will be bringing you the, the second half, the round nine recap. And uh, on today after, we will be bringing you part one and part two of our previews of what to expect from round 10. As I told you in the beginning of the episode, make sure to, to share the podcast with uh, other people that are interested in the EuroLeague. Uh, follow us on Twitter at T20League and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on the next episode. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast.